Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast. This is a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and perambulate around various topics that tend to cross your path when you go on this endeavor of communicating with images. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drost. I'm a, I am a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host is named... Uh, hello, I am Rob Stenzinger, and I'm a user experience designer, uh, interactive maker, and I also teach that stuff. So... Good to How see you doing, you. Jersey? Doing okay. Uh, we're in mm. December now, which means Art Sound Off is officially, uh, well, officially. It, the time we observe Art Sound Off has passed. How about that? <laughs> yes, that's that's been the language I've been playing around with this this year. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, uh, participate, do this thing anytime you want. But yeah, well, this is when the 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 folks who started it happen to observe it. So yeah, we celebrate that. And uh, which means we have a new little chunk of capacity in our schedules. And <laughs> <laughs> see, we, see what I'm doing? I'm trying to like do the host thing where I like, you know, tie it into like what the topic is. Uh, last week, we talked about capacity quite a bit. And it was a fun mm -hmm. one. And it was it was so good that we only got through like half of what we intended to. So like toward the end of the episode, we we're like, all right, I guess there's gonna be a part two, huh? Um, so how do you want to how do you want to kick this one off and frame it up as, before we dive in, Rob? Well, let's see. I think in general we talked about uh, just to connect the the chain of of uh, the thought progression, right? We, we last time on Lena Duarte. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, exactly. There was a there was a standoff, and we didn't know if Goku could could bring about enough energy to stand up again. Who knows? We might find that out this time. Probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so oh. <laughs> there's this there's a framing of of um, okay, where does the time come from to create? And I think you know, in a way, we could have said, well, this is our this is our strategy and tactics for um, portfolio career planning and, and ongoing management day to day. But honestly, it feels like day to day, where does the time come from to make these things happen? These commitments matter and all that. So we talked about portfolio careers and commitments and capacity and uh, like, but what that was is overall, we, we pretty much navigated the whole strategy thing uh, about our, our topic, part one being strategy, part two now being, let's go for, let's go into the, the, the details of, of like, okay, you got a plan, but what's it like when you're trying to make it happen really? Um, and, uh, and, you know, we, we got a, some good reactions too, um, from the capacity concept. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Lena Tart discord, which is the place where you can talk about, uh, you know, topics that we explore on the show in a time shifted capacity where it's not chained to the actual video of the discussion, uh, leaner Dan may chimed in and said, uh, and I'll try to, I'll try to breeze through this quickly. Cause I think there's an interesting mm -hmm. sort of, um, his, personal perspective on this with regard to his own his own uh, enterprise his own art business said i relate to your breakdown of what contributes to capacity but i've also been prompted to think about the effect that our vision for the business and range of projects have on capacity uh, it's definitely something you've talked about in other contexts but because of our current crunch i've started thinking about goals in terms of capacity so one thing that has been interesting to me as we make these choices about our business is how a project how a project we choose or service we offer might reinforce, complement, or inform something else we want to do, right? So how do these pro 
part part of the decision of what you have capacity for having like some kind of like synergistic quality of like the, how does this help reinforce or build other other things that we want to do in our business so he he broke down like taking your structure of capacity is comprised of time collective will materials he threw in and from their perspective his business project sy synergy which i think is an interesting idea too like this is something we've talked about with well in your workshop of customizing your next creative challenge part of the decision making matrix is like how can you in customize this challenge to make it your own is like how did this build something you want to build so you're both doing a creative challenge like one of those draw a thing every day for a month challenges but can you twist it to make it also develop something else that you want to do? Um, can you make it synergize more with what your goals are as an artist? Not to turn it into an ad for, you know, customizing your own creative challenge, but it, you know, it, it's something we talk it's, about a lot in the show. I mean, it's a useful concept. That kind of thinking fits. It's like um, you can, you can uh, make components of a plan and those, com those, those components could be uh, fairly broad in their time frame or, or broad as far as, as representing the general purpose you have for, for what you do and bring into the world. Or they could get pretty specific and, and like, you know, very like about like a particular product. All that stuff happens to be imbued in that, in that project. That, but it's not as, um, you know, you, you could you could create documentation of your thoughts that address many angles of this kind of planning. And so, um, yeah, product, having a, a suite of products, like how complementary are they? How much do they build off one another? When a game developer, for instance, does a um, sort of a, a retheme and um, like I've thought of doing, I mean, this Panda Needs You could totally be like, you know, uh, this, this skeleton's trapping you. I don't know. Like, it, it it's a totally different feeling game, but like it builds off off of uh, you know assets and capabilities that I created, um, and and strategically it's a more efficient product to bring to market and all kinds of things. So this this goblin wants to make the bring. most fancy cake. <laughs> I'm imagining, <laughs> sure. yeah, like yes. uh, just be like redesign the assets and you're basically doing the same thing. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. I think. So, well, okay. It's so you could have things that fit in with your strategy, but also your available capabilities and, uh, and assets, right? Mm -hmm. Um, like you, you, for, so a comic artist could be, you could make posters based on your book covers. You could do, you know, t-shirts based on existing art, a, a, a really funny panel, quotable moment, that kind of stuff. Um, and it all, it's sort of like what, what fits in with what you believe, what fits in with, with those different dimensions of, of, uh, capacity as well like your ability to act upon yeah. the stuff that you believe in so thanks for that food for thought dan may and uh you know we'll, we'll talk more about the lena's heart discord later in the episode but you y'all should join us there because uh it's a great place to hang out with fellow leaners and talk about the topics that we talk we cover on the show which is to say that's 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 my cue to hit the music so we can get into the first part of the episode and there we go Every time. What the heck? I, that's, that's cute. Obviously, we know what era that's from. Yeah. But like, <laughs> that was uh, the, from the theme song to the, the short-lived toy line slash cartoon series Mask, M-A-S-K. 
Ah, so I did not watch that show much at all. Um, you you so. would have been just a little too old for it, I think, by the time it came out. Like like yeah. back then, where like two years makes a world of difference, right? So anyway, yeah, it, it, it was a good. really cool, compelling toy line. The cartoon had an amazing theme song, awesome animation. The show itself, deeply uh, problematic, <laughs> and also mm. like not super exciting. Not it doesn't deliver on the promise of the theme song. But anyway. I love the theme song. Uh, so that the, the music cue means that we are now in to the episode where we're going to talk about creative tactics, uh, tactical aspects. We talked about mm. um, strategy. Now let's talk about on the ground tactical stuff. Which okay, to, okay, your strategy in a way is like your your mask theme song, and the tactics are like what do you put into the show? Can you make it happen? Yeah, yeah. Are you overpromising? Or I don't. I, I'm silly. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> You're trying to justify my use of that song beyond the fact that I just like it. I appreciate that, Rob. <laughs> so, okay, uh, where do you want to go with this? Like, talk, what, talk about tactics. Like, uh, you want to talk about how you frame it, how I frame it? Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, okay. What? Uh, I mean, we 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 teased up some of this uh, last episode, and this is a place to pick it up. Right. Okay. So, uh, what are what are you thinking as far? Uh, you had so many different interesting, you know, approaches that we we touched on. But like, uh, all right. So, what tasks are you are you doing when? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you 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 set your you're pointed in a direction to make that the, the next thing happen. But what what's it what's it look like making? Yeah. It so, well, we both like to step back and ask ourselves, what are we trying to accomplish here, and what is our mo- what's our motivation, what's our mission, what's our goals. So before I can decide where I'm going to put everything, I got to figure out what I'm actually trying to accomplish with all these different tasks. And so, you know, um, one of the things we talked about last week that I that you revealed to me an enormous blind spot in my overall strategy is I don't have um, networking and promoting my business and what I have to offer as one of the tactical items on my list that that has no place in my emergent task planner. And that needs to be fixed. Um, so that there was that, that that's that's sort of like a TBD. I will be thinking about that in the weeks and months to come because I think I need to. Um, and then you know, uh, I have tasks where it's about like I need to gain more awareness of the market and my industry from my perspective as a festival organizer because I or I am the executive director of Cartoon Crossroads Columbus, which means that. Uh, I have to be aware of what exciting voices are out there that that deserve to be like, given more platform and what exciting voices would be of great service to the audience that we're trying to serve with our festival. That requires more work on my part. Um, but then also that research is part of... A couple of, like, words that come to mind, Yeah. right? Yeah. To, I mean, to so to me, it's it's almost like putting out the call, like advocacy step is yeah. an interesting potential bucket. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, there, then you're also describing maybe uh, re- recruiting. Yeah. Um, so the activities when, when you consider, um, you know, gather, like actively gathering people for some potential, you know, future endeavor uh yeah anyway yeah that's great that's that's a nice succinct way of saying what i was what, what i was trying to say there uh advocating for and recruiting it's yeah and it's not about going like well what jersey meant to say everybody it, it's oh, like know. it's a systemic it's a, it's this is a it's modeling like 
observing and looking for elements in a system that fit together and behave harmoniously to get you to where you want to go. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I'm wearing a little bit of an analyst hat and, um, maybe architect hat like looking like what building blocks fit. So anyway, that's, that's coloring some detail behind this kind of reaction. Mm. If ever, anyone's like, you know, what's that mechanic? There you go. That's what it is. Awesome. Uh, and then, then there's like, I make things too. Right. And the, the things I make are in various states of development or in you know, various parts of the timeline. Right. There are things that I am scheduled to make in February. Whoop. I don't know. I have uh I think it was my computer that made that noise. I'm going to try oh, to find Sorry it. about that. That was mine. Oh, is that yours? Okay. I yeah. thought I I thought I had my tabs muted. Um anyway, so like like there's there's things that I, I'm contracted to work on months from now. There are things that I'm working on now. There are things that I'm developing for later next year. There are things that I'm developing for 18 months from now. Um determining like that informs what tasks I'm gonna put where and when, right? Um, so that there are certain, that points to the fact that there are going to be tasks that are more about, um, this is to help future Jersey, right? This isn't all just me just like always taking care of like, I'm not Lucy and Ethel at the candy machine, like just rapidly pushing candies into my mouth to stop the overflow. You know, uh, this is, this is me sort of like trying to think about, okay, well I need to do these four things now so that six months from now. I can hit the ground running with that particular project, you know. Um, what a perfect uh, picture you you just uh, created. So that that is how work can function, and I think has functioned for me at different times. Where where it's it's just oh no, things are flowing at me. What do I do? And uh, that the idea of saying that's why it's it's this is in a way saying it's worthwhile to do the other kinds of planning too. Uh, it's, it can be a trap, but hey, creativity on all, of all, you know, different sorts and fronts is lots of traps. So just, you know, doing just enough of that to be like, okay, um, if the machine's doing this, unplug it and that whatever, whatever you, you, you figure out a way to manage the thing in a bigger picture. And so, yeah, anyway, day to day, it doesn't look like you're going to, you know, maybe need hospitalization because you're getting... <laughs> Because you yeah, were overmatched, yeah, overmatched yeah. by candy machine, um, right? So I'm curious about your framing. Like, is it does the, what I described harmonize at all with the way you think about it? I, it yeah, it totally does, I mean, and that's where I, I get excited and, and, and think um, we both think very systemically about the stuff that we work on, and it just it, from different styles. And and so I like to to point out like your approach and my approach. There are you know infinite ways to sort of characterize and work that plan. Um, the, I mean, the, the, um, the way the, uh, leaner Dan may responded to some, some of this kind of thought, I think echoes that. Mm -hmm. So, all right, I have a different, so, so um, I think that's really useful and interesting because sometimes when I hear how other people think systemically about this thing, about I plan about this, which sets, sets me up to be more successful with the this next thing that's a little closer and then what have you. So it's great to hear your breakdown and, and whatnot. Um, the, the whole near and far in a way of time frame, really cool. I like that a lot and uh, totally going to steal it. So <laughs> the uh, uh, areas that, that 
so why would you come up with this kind of framing? Because you notice your own, like what's working for you and what's not, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you notice like, when did the candy machine attack? Um, <laughs> how, how could it be, have gone differently? Yeah. And uh, so for me, I, I am all about it. So many layers of me is wired and excited to just make stuff. Find a hard problem worth solving. And there's more to it than that. So make for me re represents a whole applied uh, applied learning and uh, applied research process that's that's motivated on what's feasible, um, viable and desirable and all, you know, there's more to it than that. But like a make process imbued with thoughtful systemic design, I could, I could stay there. I could party there. I could live there. I could eat there. I could, you know, it's just great for me. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Uh, and I know this, that I can get, you know, better results by look, stepping back and thinking about, well, what am I putting into the world and how does it function? How could it function better? And so I know that when people, um, you know, hear about stuff I made and what is it like to learn more and to buy it and all that. So the merchandising thing, like how... Uh, product pages. So product detail pages, if you, you make comics and it's in a marketplace or you have comics, it's on, it's on your website or whatever it is. If you make a web comic and you feed it into one of the, one, one of the web comic systems, all places where you're putting stuff in the world is a really important threshold for people who come to connect with your work. And it takes work to thoughtfully use that threshold to, to be of service. For, and, and to, to reach your goals as a creator and also help your audience. So anyway, merchandise, that's, that's what I mean by that. One could describe that in different ways. Like you could say sales or something, but I like merchandising because it's like, it's, it's trying to fix the counter and make it, you know, presentable and, and attractive and stuff like that. That problem space I'm working on doing better. Um, portfolio sites, that kind of stuff too. Um, so marketing. Uh, another element. So I got have three different M words, make market merchandise. Eh, unfortunately, that's not where it all stops because there's more stuff to do than that, but it helps. So the marketing to me, I think of that job as generating the awareness and curiosity to act upon that awareness for probably coming to one of the points of presence where I merchandise the stuff I make. So um, getting better at that. And then there's the two other uh, buckets that I think are important too, where the general networking. So, you know, the collaborating and finding collaborators kind of thing. And the, that's a nourishing uh, activity for a, for a business. Um, is it something that you could do only do and what none of these are great if you exclusively do them. Um, but it's, it is actually incredibly useful. Um, you will, find new ways to describe and feed in. So like if you are practicing networking, it will help your marketing and merchandising. It may even help your product development process too. So, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, strategy is saying that on occasion, go through this theme park of puzzles again, do it again and see how it went and, and, and then try to refine and do it better enough, enough so that, well, uh, you're making adjustments. Uh, you're making the candy machine work for you instead of you working for the candy machine. Okay. Yeah. Probably not the last time I'm going to. I I up. love I love what you're describing there as 
leaving or rather intentionally creating space to have a dialogue with yourself about what you're doing. And, and when I say a dialogue, I don't mean you telling the story of what you're doing to yourself. It's you having like a dialogue, an investigation with yourself. Okay, what are we trying to accomplish here? Let's look at all the parts. And not assuming that, like, it's like one of the things that happens, like the more you do this is like you develop competencies and you feel like a certain kind of I, confidence or certainty, some something in that realm between those two words, right? Like I, 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 I hesitate to use the word confidence because I never walk into any project going like, this is going to be the best, you know? It's like, well, let's we'll see. I, I feel like I've got what it takes to do it, but we'll see, you know? There's going to be that expected. I'm looking forward to meeting it, you know? <laughs> um, but, but like, this this sense of uh, a healthy kind of doubtful questioning, like, like the kind of uh, questioning that a mentor would ask you, like, to say, like, did you think about all these things? Um I like that. I I really appreciate that you're deliberately creating that space for yourself because I have worked with enough people to know that it's not something that is widely celebrated in some circles, and it's not something that I think we're encouraged to do. Um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times, like the way we have historically talked about professionalism, uh, skill acquisition, education is like, you just keep leveling up. You just keep getting better and better and more and more confident, more sharp and more refined. Right. And I like this idea of the, the, uh, well, again, I, I'm going to keep conjuring images because that's the way I think is like, like the, the, the weird little old man in the swamp who acts a little weird and you know, <laughs> he, he doesn't walk in the room going like, Hey, competence. He's like, Hey, let me like bang on your droid a little bit. And I'm going to try to eat your food. I'm going to act a little weird because I'm eccentric and questioning and in a healthy way. <laughs> what? Uh, yes, that'd be, if we could, that'd be a good, be your own Yoda shirt <laughs> opportunity. Um, it's, uh, let's see, in a way, that, like addressing different aspects of planning, you're trying to set yourself up to have an overall, um, you know, con like positive feedback loop in the experience of creating your work and knowing that and acknowledging that there's more to it than, than the slice that is your, your, the, your primary skill or product you make, right? There's, there's other stuff. So you take a pick, take a look at like, how do you de describe that system of stuff surrounding? And if you're doing a little bit of strategy, um, it's like, I, for me, I find value in that because when, when I'm doing well, it's like strategies, it's a combination, like a variety of things that um, if I only visit when I do my goals yearly, it's not frequent enough because maybe I've sli slightly um, wandered and I started to maybe accept different um, choices and tools and things that, that don't feed back into my strategy. Like if I'm working on a platform that I knew isn't going to gr be great long-term for me um, and I, and strategic me is like, you know, don't do that. And tactical me is like, I don't know, I just got to get through this. And so if, if you're, if I'm pulling this off, it's like I've, um, yeah, I've pre-solved a few kinds of problems that I know that I'll end up facing. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's not about perfectly predicting, um, but, but just, just enough to set, to acknowledge you and what you're making and your, you know, your audience and all that. So, um, yeah, 
well, let's see. Where where do you want to go next with this? Um, well, like you, the yeah, good. I think because I think we have a, a a thought that will tie back to this in the in the second half. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, the perspectives that we can we can look at, I think, will reconnect us with this kind of thinking. Um, so, but we we so promise. If, we if, pro yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, please. Well, uh, you, we, we queued up this idea of like talking about like the tactical aspects. So I wonder if we can dig into a little bit of that, like this idea of like, you know, yeah. understanding, having like a holistic look at like what we're making and why now where, how do you decide? What is your decision-making matrix for deciding where these things go in the schedule or, or failing that, how do you carve out the time necessary when you're, especially when you're working with like really tiny chunks of time? Um, I wonder if you could go first. So in a way, this is the project manager hat, right? Yeah. When you're, when you're saying, okay, this is, uh, this is the calendar coming up. What am I going to, what am I going to do? And, uh, now I've, I've guided myself to this point where I know some of the things that need to fit here, but what am I going to, what is that really going to look like? Okay, fine. Make market merchandise network. Uh, strategy. Okay. Is that just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? What is that? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, what does that look like uh, for you when you're. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, oh, what, or I, I was curious about like some of the things that you've been you got in your notes for the section, because I, I think that okay. you have, you have a really, cool. I think uh, there's a lot of utility in the way you've like sort of chunked the activities into like where the capacity allows like uh, adjusting the way you approach the work based on what time is available ah. okay so last episode we talked about how i did an inventory of my days mm -hmm. to come up with okay how does how is this going to work and what's and i'm excited because i characterize the couple kinds of time that i have in my in my calendar when i'm doing this kind of you know um so, to, so reflecting back, noticing that some in some chunks of time, I'm my focus is very split. So I should not pick um, uh, tasks that can't be very interruptible. Uh, but then there's there are, I do have full focus time as well. And what's crazy is I love it is that you described something called your um, your your bending time, where it's like you have oh, earth yeah. bending tasks and yeah. air bending tasks. And I wonder does that are those analogs right might Where, be, yeah. i mean split focus time air bending and is full focus time earth bending yeah it could be i think that 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 feels very analogous yes yeah and, and it, I, even if it's not perfect i'm like gosh that's that's wild um because that's one of the reasons i got so fired up last episode when you mentioned those kinds of time um so that's like uh acknowledging the the nature of the task. If you have tasks that are composable, you may not, you may have a gauntlet, like a gauntlet to run about a thing to produce that is just, that's it. I, I don't have other things to do other than maybe a little bit of the whole merchandise market kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I'm working on the main project, it's the big, you know, big to do. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, you know, that's possible. I think the closest I can come to that is um, sometimes when I'm making a game, <clears throat> getting stuck on a particular um, 
like a like a a bug or 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 an incompatibility where I'm like, that's the roadblock. It's gonna fill this week. Like, what am I gonna say? Like, I can't proceed unless I do get that thing done. And uh, uh, and honestly, in my nature, I get tempted to do that. I get tempted to say, well, oh well, I guess I got to make it all about the making. I don't have time for the other things. (laughs) And I know that's not a good idea. Yeah. I know it is. So like, I really try to break it down into something smaller. And then when I do it, you know, find a way to make use of split focus time and make use of, well, full focus time, full focus time is fancy time. It's like the deluxe time. And of course, you know, make it, please, if, if I'm putting in an order for time, uh, you know, make it, make it a, you know, Boxes and boxes of full focus time. You don't have to send me any of that split focus. Time. I want the all you can eat buffet of full focus time and I want to take it home. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yep. Unlimited full focus time. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so um, in, in the planning, it's, it's just saying like, well, realistically, I think I can, I'm going to try to tackle these different things this week. Mm-hmm. And depending on like sort of pre- um, uh, let's say pandemic puzzles versus in the midst of it, that look different. That planning will look different again um, as I have more uh, more certainty regarding full focus time. That and and I think that should change how how I tackle those or you know make that those plans happen. So so let's say I know like during the day I have this you know these chunks of split focus time, and then during the evening I've got some full focus time. And I will try to divide it up and then say, say like, well, I need to respond to these people. I need to instigate messages to these people. I need to uh, uh, finally fix the, my store page with these, these issues. And so I'll name the specific tasks and, and how, and I'll think like, am I making sure I'm getting to these different buckets of concern, right? I'm not just living and making. Okay, I need to do those other things. I that's what I need to remind me about. For you, it might you may need to to um, ratchet back the networking. I don't know, but mm-hmm. either way, uh, those buckets function to help just notice where where's it going to go. So then, when I'm actually going through the 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 day to day, so I try to have that plan for a week or two, right, and of the stuff I want to get done and what I'm going to try to do in the different kinds of time, and then I I um. Uh, in order to mm, keep productive with it, I've been practicing for like, we've talked about for years now, this idea of whittling. And so that's no matter what, even if, if I don't finish a full focus time task, I still need to set it down and pick it up again. So whittling is this idea of making stuff, uh, in such a way that you can set it down and pick it up again. Um, and and I like this idea that came up this year, like a few podcasts ago, talking with you about uh, save points. Yeah. And, and that's like the metaphor of, uh, so whittling is, you know, as a hobby, and it's, both these are metaphors, right? Where whittling, it's like, oh, I have a, I've got all the things I need to, to, to move a project forward a little bit because it's a piece of wood and a little carving safe knife thing. You know, doot, 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 I move it forward. And I have some idea where I'm going to go with it. So, all right, it's all compartmentalized. But then the save point can, can help with, you know, boosting the durability, the recollection, the get moving quicker parts of it. So, 
I've been playing around with that a little bit too. Um, so could you describe what a save point looks like in your work? Yeah. Sure. Um, let's see. So I try to, um, these are the things I, I, I try to think of. Um, okay, so I'll switch to my, uh, to switch to the desk camera here so I can do a better, um, here we go. I can do a better um, presentation of this. So um, you could literally just make this uh, template where there's two columns. It's, um, it's a save point for a particular project with what task is in progress. So what did you leave off with, right? What's next? What's on your mind where you're about to do, but you have to put it down, right? So you may know generally what you're, what you're tackling, which could be um, thumbnailing, but then this would be, you know, thumbnailing this chapter for this story, but then what, what paid, what was on your mind where you were thinking, oh, that's the posture of this character to convey, um, you know, their, their lack of caring about this, whatever, right? So like you're, you're, you're getting your thoughts out of your head, right? So other resources and breadcrumbs to, to give yourself um, if, if you need, right? File names, whatever, um, <clears throat> or it could be, um, you know, could be the what, document you're working on. What drawer or, it's in. Yeah, what? Or even what drawer it's in. Oh, if it's a physical <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly. Where do I pick this up again? Um, and other, other, other stuff like that. And so in a way, a save point is, is bundling together some stuff that we talked about, which like just in it, in general, having a change log for your, for your project and, um, and then, uh, taking and having a to-do list, but this put, puts it all in one spot to mm -hmm. say here, when I pick this project up, like, let's say if you're, if you're not coming back to this thumbnailing for, uh, five minutes, you don't need this. If you're, if you're coming back in five hours, maybe if you're coming back in five days, okay. All of a sudden this becomes a lot more valuable. Mm -hmm. So you're having a conversation with your future self where you're like, okay, I want, I don't want you to be stuck. I don't want you to be sort of re puzzling this stuff out. I have some puzzling or some solved puzzle gifts to give you. I just need you to put the pieces back together. Future me, you know, Mm -hmm. So there you go. Ah, you know what I'm seeing when I look at that, Rob, is uh, I kind of want a product where that's a sticky note, um, like pre-printed sort of oh. like like imagine like a long sticky note. Like you've seen those ones where it's like almost like like double the height of a traditional uh, post-it mm. note. And I'm imagining that grid yes. on a long sticky note pad. So I have it next to my ETP, and when I've got a save point thing. I can jot those that information down and stick it right in my ETP. Oh my gosh, would that be? I, I'm just saying that if somebody made that product, I would spend money on it for me. <laughs> that would be my holiday gift to myself. <laughs> Does it come in green? <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that's cool. Um, I want. Um, I wonder if Amazon that, that would actually be a lot more useful. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I could, could certainly do it on like loose leaf paper, but then I'm just thinking about like, I, so I rely a lot on my like for my tactical aspect. I use sticky notes as a way to capture, uh, get it on camera, you know, capture quick thought and drop it on the yeah. corresponding ah. day. 
right? Like, so like, okay, this, this goes on. This is a reflection of something that happened that day that I don't necessarily need to record for posterity, but it's a quick note for me to quickly pick up again. Um, so, mm -hmm. I yeah, could, you've got I, some I, really cool annotation process on top of that, uh, your ETP. Yeah. ETP I, uh, meaning it. Like, I, I basically, I'm, I, I think I'm learning from your ETP process and am trying to, uh, you know, grab a few things from it, but turn it into more of a note card thing, you know? Yeah. And interesting. But the, the problem with like, uh, and you were mentioning yeah. uh, giving credit to the ETP. Yes. Oh yeah. The emerging task planner, right. David say, which I've done, I have my own modified version of, but it's a great, it's a great organizational tool. If you haven't done this kind of granular breaking down of like what tasks need to be done, the, the more really tactical stuff, it's a great um, tool to get you thinking that way. Um, but, but like going to this loose leaf idea, like note cards would totally work. Just loose, loose paper would totally work, except that I carry my ATP around a lot and stuff would fall out. And that's why I use sticky notes because like it's a way to like quickly annotate yep. something that happened in the day and have it stay in that corresponding page slash day. So, um, but I could totally adapt that grid to my own pad of sticky notes. Just do it by hand. I mean, if I'm already doing my ETP by hand anyway. Um, to, uh, how about we close out this section right. in a second and then take a break? What do you think? Um, and then come back and talk about perspectives. Um, but just to, to build on what you were like, really say uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's. Oh, okay. I think there might be some latency going on today. I, I feel like if we have a little delay. Yeah, I think we do. Okay. Yeah, an unusual kind of latency in this episode. Um, but to, to to yes and what you were just describing, because I think I think that that this idea of split focus time, full focus time is so useful. Um, and yeah, my, my description was much more, uh, again, like cartoony and image based, this idea of like, I think of, there are things that are earth bending in the sense that I can't do anything else. And when I'm doing this and interruption of that task would be very disruptive, right? Like, so this is, this is an earth bending thing that we're doing right now. If somebody, if my phone rang or like somebody came in the door, it'd be like, ah, you know my attention has been distracted from this thing that I'm trying to get, when I'm leading a class, when I'm in a meeting, those are all things where interruption is, it, it costs more. Um, whereas the, the air bending tasks are things where it's like, well, I can drop everything in a second and come right back to it shortly afterwards. And it's, it, the cost is, is relatively low. And so that's like sort of an evaluating tool that I use when I'm doing my, when I'm planning my week is I think about, okay, I map out where all the earth bending tasks go. Where are the things that require my full attention and I block those times out and I really, you know, I make a deal with myself and with everybody in my life. Like no, nothing else happens during that time. Um, not always successful at it. We had an episode of Lean Tart Cast recently where I had, uh, you know, a service person in the house, like installing a radon remediation system. And he walked into the studio while we were recording, you know, uh, and I was like, Rob, vamp for me. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but for the most part, I tried to stay true to that. And then I put my airbending tasks, my split focus tasks around that. But the one thing I have learned as an adaptation is that I also try to leave a couple hours a day of unstructured time for both for emergent tasks, things that pop up in the day. But also it's like, I try to think about like, okay, after this focus task, after this meeting, I'm going to feel a little drained. It's going to require a lot of my attention. So I better not put a really like intensive writing task right after that, right? I'm going to put something that's a little bit more um, re rejuvenating task. But I might feel different 
I'll leave some open spaces because I need to allow for other factors in my life and the, the um, emerging factors in the day-to-day existence that are going to inform like where my energy levels are. Um, I, there was, there's an artist, uh, DeGrazia who said something to the effect of like, um, you know, I don't like to plan for the future because I don't know if I'm even going to want to do that in the future, which is like, that's a lovely romantic way to describe something, but it's also like the way like a 10 year old describes something. Uh, and like the part of being an adult means like you're making plans for things that maybe you're not going to feel a hundred percent like you want to do it, but you believe in it. And like, so it's like, okay, this is going to be a grind, but I believe in doing this thing and I want to do it, but like in more of a broader abstracted sense, but I still try to leave room in there, some room for me to make a quick swap. I don't feel like that thing I had here, I'm gonna swap it with that, right? So I'll put, I'll bucket that at the beginning of the week and then I won't necessarily place it on the schedule until that day comes. I'm like, okay, what do I have? What are all the things I have? What I feel most like doing right now? Where I feel like my energy could be best served? I'll pick that, put it there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it sounds like to me, I would, I, you know, I would call that, probably uh, flex time or buffer time and uh, or one could call it maybe water bending. Um, <clears throat> We're gonna come up with uh, metaphors for all four of these. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that would I guess that is water bending, which is unfortunately why I think I would be if I was a bender. I wouldn't want to be a water bender, but I think that's where I would probably fit in best. I want to be an earth bender, man. I want to be inflexible. I want to put my foot down on the ground and say no. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't work that way. Uh, this is great. It's, uh, we have a lot of conversations around uh, the, the the table during meals about who would be what type of bender, and it's a uh, it's a good it's a good thought experiment. I don't know. The, <gasps> the, I don't know which kind of bender I would be. Depends. Um, yeah, I so. guess. I, I've seen you oscillate right. between firebender and metal bender, personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's reasonable. That's very reasonable. Uh, All right, uh, what are you thinking about taking a break? I, I think this is a perfect time. Okay, that uh, it, it's it's as much as that sounded like in a way like, like picture having your buckets in mind when you're saying, where's your time going to go? Like picture yourself filling out whatever it looks like for your calendar or your Kanban or the thing you use to feed the, the flow of, all right, what do I need to work on now? What am I working on next? Whatever that is, that's what we did. And so like, I know in a way they, this could sound like another like loose planning, like segment, but it really is getting into the details of like, you're about to do your stuff, you're acknowledging how it works and you're just, you know, committing uh, on, on whatever, wherever you track that, mm-hmm. which, and, and we, I'd recommend it because you can find a, let's say, and just to, I know we're trying to wrap this section up, but like tracking it, obviously we're, we're, we're pitching pretty strongly and advocating for it. it's valuable. It's valuable to acknowledge that, you have intentions and yes, you may wake up and not want to do the thing that you, you intended to do, but there's probably ways to just notice the difficulties and start um, coming up with a, an approach a, li- a bit more robust than eh, I don't feel like. <laughs> I, I, I bet it would lead you to better outcomes. 
Yeah. So that's uh, I just making the fine point that this is a pretty tactical uh, section and, and because mm-hmm. uh, you're committing to that stuff you're about to do and keep following through, which it, it needs to be more, more mapped out than the general uh, strategy stuff. I think so. Well, I've, I've gotten a lot of benefit out of it personally. Um, so, okay, well, let's take a break and then let's get to perspectives. And I love this term that you added to the notes, messy realities, because um, we have to acknowledge that intention gets us someplace. Intention helps us navigate, but, you know, all, all sorts of factors. We, 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 we don't live in the Arctic by ourselves in a little shack doing this, right? And even if we did, there's other factors in terms of where's the food coming from? Where's the light coming from? What's the weather like? Is there a bear out there? You know, like you can't escape the fact there's going to be external factors in this stuff. So um, I think that'll be a fun thing to explore together. Um, all right. All right, but first, we got to thank some people who make this show possible, and those are the folks who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash art is the website. What is it? It's, you know, it's, it's like an ongoing crowdfunding thing. So it's like it's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. Say, hey, I believe in what you're doing, and I want to make it more sustainable. Here's a dollar a month, as little as a dollar a month. Or you could do a larger contribution as a one-time contribution and just avail yourself of the behind-the-scenes content for one month and, you know, check out at the end of the month. But I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular basis. Uh, It means a lot to us. Mike White. Thank you, Mike, for believing in us and what we do. You can find Mike on the social medias at MikeWhiteRobot. And also in the Discord. Uh, Spencer Hallam. Thank you, Spencer. It is uh, super meaningful that you believe in us and what we do. And Stephen Stonebush, thank you, Stephen, for being a part of our community. And good to be curious. It is good to be curious. And you can find good to be curious on Twitter at good to be curious. And Greg Horvath, thank you, Greg. It means a lot to us. You can find Greg on Twitter at igmhorv77. These will all be linked in the show notes, by the way. You can join them all at patreon.com slash leanatart, where you will find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans, the shows we record monthly, only for people who support us on Patreon. Those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want and save space with fellow leaners. Also gets you access to the Leanatart Discord uh, special channels just for people who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash leanatart. It means a lot to us that you support us there. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. I, I want to get you stoked again, Rob. So here we go. <laughs> it never gets old. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. But, so, I mean, my heart is 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 overflowing, and and is is open, so open. So. So all right. Let's. Uh, okay. So it's a couple couple things. Um, <laughs> We we had all these show notes ready to 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 take on this this uh, this this big topic, and ended up you know covering um, you know just part of it, which was more realistic and whatnot. So, uh, it, but along the way between the last week and, and this to prepare, uh, I I encountered an idea that f- I think is a thread that weaves through a variety of of like the the strategy and the planning and and a bit of the like the suggestion, um, like like the in a way it's 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 a it's a summarizing all the kinds of stuff that we talked about as like a 
inspirational Instagram post, right? Kind of thing or compatible with that. Um, and and uh, I did some digging to see where it's come from. So look, I, I found a quote that was like, hey, that's a lot like what we're talking. Here's the quote. Um, Dream in years, plan in months, evaluate in weeks, ship daily. So uh, it's, uh, and I was like, yeah, that, you know, that, that, that has a, 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 a resonance to it. And, and, and I, it's stuck in the back of my head. And I, st I started to work on this edit. And I, so I dug into it and it's, it's come from a few different places. Um, so Luke Rabluski and DJ Patil, We'll have a link in the show notes to an article that that someone else noticed that and said, eh, that sounds kind of useful and let's dig into that. Um, because in a way you could you could say that your um your your big 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 purpose, your um like where do you want to go? That that would be like your dream. The the planning is is a bit of the the strategy of how how to how to get there, evaluating the weeks is working the tactics to keep on keep on track where you're, where you're trying to get to the ship daily is an interesting thing too. So, so I was at, uh, where it's like, can you really ship daily? What does that mean? Does that fit every project? Because of course, a lot of this, it, it comes from the world from, you know, people working in a digital space and, um, and this kind of thought does help a ton in working on solo and group projects in a digital space. I think it has some app applicability outside of that. Um, but this sort of, to me in a way, it's like taking a, a simple, maybe idealistic view. I'm curious what you think about it before we jump into some, some like messy realities. Oh, no, I think that's great. I think, I think, I would, I would call it a simple view, but only in the sense that at making any commitment, if you take it as, any commitment begins to sound simple if you take it as, no, this is, is going to exactly happen. Again, I keep going back to that, that moment of clarity that was revealed to me by my teaching mentor when she looked at my lesson plan and said, this is great. You know you're not sticking to it, right? And it was my first really visceral confrontation with the difference between planning and executing and, and, and how they are interdependent um, and they feed each other. But neither is a full representation of reality, right? And like and like living with those two thoughts and understanding that those two. So when I could see how somebody would look at something like that, that that meme of dreaming years, planning months, chipping days ago, like ah, you know, don't feed me a bromide. Give me some reality, man. Like, well, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I, I get why you'd react that way. But on the other hand, it's like I don't think anybody's properly saying that as a true representation of reality it's more like this is a restatement of commitment that you have to make over and over again as you encounter the messiness of reality is that a good segue did i did i did i tee it up oh it's really great yeah it is like a commitment you make over and over again yeah and and you're just sort of it's like you're 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 trying to um succeed in in whatever you're crafting and it takes more than one way of looking at it, more, more than one measurement to see if you're looking at it right and, and whatnot. Um, how interesting. But yeah, the, but, the, but then the actual reality of, of, of yeah, going ahead, uh, it, it can be different. And of I, course, I, I'm, I'm picturing uh, how I am not a great carpenter and, <laughs> you know, like measuring, you know, twice. I, I'm more like, I better measure 10 times. <laughs> and... 
Oh then gosh. I'm probably not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. As, as the as the dude who set up these shelves behind me, yeah, measured like nine times. Like, okay, wait, I better check it just one more time, just to be. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna level it. I'm gonna level it. Okay, I think that's right. I think it's right. And then it, like it snaps in place. I'm like, okay, good thing I checked twenty times. Um, no, but I, I think I I, <laughs> I I suspect that part of a negative reaction to things that are like very succinct like that is I think I, I suspect it reveals a worldview where you think you're moving from one static state to the next, but like, like life is a series of different static stages and it's not, my experience has not proven to be that. My experience has been that it's, it's always moving and flowing. And that's why a constant rechecking in is necessary because, you know, when you're on a boat, again, I'm going to use a simple metaphor. It's like every wave is different and the jostling is always different and you can't measure anything by that level on the deck, right? You have to keep the loose knees and everything. So mm. when I hear that, I ex when I hear that statement, I'm like, yep, that sounds like a really cool check-in mantra. That sounds like a really great way to like, just like reevaluate again. Like, am I doing that? Let's look at what I'm doing right now. Uh, anyway, mm. I don't want to belabor that, but, but yeah, so that, that's my reaction to the, to the, to the nomadic okay. thing. No, I, I appreciate that. I was curious uh, because sometimes I was, I, my reaction is, is uh, gosh, that's maybe a little too simple, but also, gosh, that's pretty simple and useful. Like, mm -hmm. that's not a bad, like, summary for, a, like, you know, introducing a topic of, of like, thinking systemically about your, your endeavors. And uh, yeah, uh, be nice yeah. to people and don't but tell then, lies but, has a lot of utility, but it doesn't summarize all of human experience, right? <laughs> So and it's it's okay. It, very true. Yeah. And it, yes, yes. Not that it has to. Um, because it and it's such a it's so succinct that it that I think it stands out when like then you turn and you look at like what really happens day to day or uh with, with different particular projects. If we have a couple of, of examples to explore in the spirit of saying, um, like it's yeah, we it, it's not in spirit of like like let's let's um uh, let's complain or, or whatnot, but it's the um, stuff doesn't go always like you planned. And there's, a, you know, this is part of working with this requires uh, the, a flexibility and still finding that it's, it's probably more valuable than ha not having done it. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like it's, it's just, it can't make that perfect promise of this is the future. And and it's just easily going to play out this way. Um, so I, if we just, I know we each have a, a, a variety of projects as examples, but um, mm -hmm. if we could pick a few and just yeah, yeah, I want to. Hmm. Okay, can I can maybe, I again, uh, how it turned out different and maybe how it helped? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that sounds awesome. Yeah, let's use a, a couple cases in point from our own experiences to demonstrate this idea. And so, uh, with that in mind, I'm going to kick the ball back over to you and say, just pick something from your list and tell me about how. Okay the plan met reality and how you had to adjust because of that? Oh, uh, well, one of the strong examples I have very fresh from, from this, this year is um, the August, September update of guitar fretter. Um, it, it was um, the kind of project that uh, looking ahead, you know, like you've, you've described your estimation process and whatnot with your ETP and what I thought, Oh, okay. I need to, um, let's see, gosh, that ended up being such a big, big ball of tasks. It was, um, what was I adding? I was, I know I needed to do a performance update and, um, 
but just it that typically doesn't take much. A lot of times in a, in a game where it's like, oh, I need to make sure something you know, runs a little smoother. You can sort of do some observations and you can put in some breakpoints and see how where you know, like where where is stuff going slow? Or you could even instrument your code of being like, oh, it's this function that's slower than on this this other one. And then why is that? And then just sort of take out the 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 practices that make stuff you know, go slower, like too many loops and stuff. So I thought, ah, a little bit of that editorial eye for code, no big deal. A um, couple graphic updates. And then, yeah, all right. The big one, the big one was like, okay, the guitar art is not, okay. It, I've got a guitar portion floating in space and all these different screen resolutions. I got, okay, I'm, I'm going to make that better where it's not, it's going to look like a full guitar, no matter what screen resolution and that. Great. So the tasks I chose both ended up being more complicated than I thought. And then there was um, the, the doing that kind of work where one of the reasons why I even thought of whittling as a thing that I need to get better at, it's because of coding. Um, I, I am a, I'm an experienced programmer. I've, I've occupied lots of different roles as just, you know, being a, a software engineer yet when I'm thinking in that way, it's a full focus task and I'm not very interruptible, that kind of thing. So I came up with whittling to like make it to start to get better at that. And then I thought, oh, whittling's good for a lot of things, but it was the coding, the pain of setting stuff down and being lost when I returned to it. Uh, anyway, so uh, Guitar Fighter September update, um, it was, um, uh, I, I really, really reconnected with how um, like the whittling and save points because I, I found a whole like pile of other issues than I, that I didn't anticipate with like, what I thought was going to be some quick art, quick positioning. Like, yeah, here's some code that loads an image and puts it in the right spot on the screen. Easy peasy. No, because of the complexities of scaling for different resolutions and whatnot, it was um, uh, way more complex puzzle than, than I anticipated going in. So what I thought was going to take four days took four weeks over those four weeks, chaotic and not full focus time. Like I had to work on this in lots of different kinds of times. So I had to, um, I needed to find new ways to get even more flexible about um, whittling, right? So leaving myself notes of about, um, let's say, uh, like I have a, probably a stack of sticky notes from like I was doing like improv improvising this idea of save points um, along the way. And because uh, I would, there would be so many things to potentially forget. I would be testing one thing and find another thing. And I'm like, ah, so, you know, issue tracking, what's fixed, what's not, what have I verified? And, and I'm very confident. And so anyway, so I really needed to adapt with, um, well, I totally misunder, I, I, I did not estimate this correctly and it's going to take up other project time that, so projects had to get shoved and just totally, totally moved on the calendar. It affected that. And it affected like the, the, the work sessions themselves, uh, were, uh, just a different kind of thing. Cause I, I needed this, I needed to, to whittle and not get lost when there was just, I was uncovering so many things that needed to get fixed. Um, and then along the way, I felt like this process was working 
because that list would expand and shrink, expand and shrink, expand, and then it finally stopped expanding. <laughs> uh, and then I was getting to the point where I'm like, okay, this is landing now. I'm I'm going to be able to release this. Now I have a pretty good idea when it's going to get be out in the world. But there was a painful point. I mean, in the middle of those four weeks, I was like, what am I even doing? Uh, <laughs> so that is such um, a and so place things, to be. Things yeah. like leaving myself those notes. Yeah. yeah. It helped. Helped me be confident again, even if I was bummed coming back to the to 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 work on it. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Like leaving yourself, like you, you described it as a breadcrumb trail to get back to where you were when you had to set it down. Um, I'm reminded of my experience this year with CXC. Um, and I mean, obviously I can't share everything that I, I have access to as executive, ex- executive director and my opinions are my own, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, one thing I think I, I think it is relevant and safe to share is we had to pivot to an online festival this year, halfway through our development cycle. <laughs> mm. So like at the point at which we were supposed to be like, okay, well, we've got our exhibitors selected. We've got our guests selected. Now it's time to really focus and narrow down the programming. It's like, oh, we're not doing a physical festival anymore. Um, we've got four months to figure out what we're going to do, you know? And wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I went back and looked at the calendar. I'm like, okay, we made the statement of our intention to switch to an online festival on this date, which means we had four and a half months to ship uh, a digital festival, which, you know, it's like the technology's pretty mature now for online streaming. And actually it matured a lot just in the four months into the pandemic at the point when we, like, well, what would that be? Like, it was like March, April, May. So three months into the mm-hmm. pandemic already, like people's literacy for online streaming, like, skyrocketed like the generally speaking in that three months right so but it's like well how you know figuring out like how are you going to do it are you going to do it all pre-recorded mm-hmm. are you going to do a combination of, of, of live and pre-recorded are you gonna do it all live how do we incentivize participation in this thing are, are we measuring participation as only people commenting and watching does participation look like something else if it was going to look like something else how do we get to that point right um and one, one particular uh, roadblock in particular I remember running into was d- bringing this idea of using OBS to like bring, uh, bring higher production values into the production so that it's not just uh, a, a, a discussion I remember having, and, I, and I'm saying this because this is something I, I think I said, was I think the world is kind of, I assume the world is tired of looking at a grid of Zoom faces. If we're all working in Zoom all the time, if we put on programming, no matter how rich it is, I think it's going to be like a a grid of Zoom faces is going to be a detraction and not to, not to get like all um, obsessed with appearances, but production values matter. And I think if we just do go a little bit of a, uh, put a little bit of effort into putting some nice graphics on it and really trying to make it visually interesting with switching cameras a lot and moving around and like bringing up images and people's faces and the two up, one up, just try to bring it a little closer to television production. I think it will go a long way to making this a little bit more comfortable to watch, you know? Um, and, 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 you know, agreement, we did some tests, everything, it, it, it felt like, okay, this is all manageable until someone said, can we do it live? 
And I thought, wait a second, because if we, like the way we're doing Lena's Heart right now is Rob and I are actually talking over Zoom and then I'm putting our video into OBS and then pumping it out into a live stream, right? Well, but what if you want to do a webinar where people register and so then you're pumping the OBS into the webinar, which is then pumping out live, which is doable, except how am I getting everybody's video into OBS to pump into the webinar to go out into the world? Right. And this became an enormous puzzle. Like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Because we can't be logged into two instances of Zoom on the same computer at the same time. So we're going to have to have the panelists meet in a Zoom meeting on a separate computer that I then use NDI technology to pump into a second computer's OBS to then pump into the Zoom webinar. Oh, but wait, now the panelists can't see the comments that are happening in the Zoom webinar. Like, and so like this turned into a month of extra puzzle solving that I did not have in my schedule. <laughs> and it was like, I, I, I started this cascading problem by just presenting this initial idea of like, well, let's just like up the production values just a little bit just to make it a little bit more pleasant to watch. But we also have an equal desire to have live interaction while the thing's going on. So um, we eventually got there, but it did, it did turn into a situation where it's like, okay, yeah, we can't do this for everything because this is like very costly in terms of energy and labor to make this happen. Um, and, and it creates like a lot of failure points now. <laughs> so, but like that was, that was like a month of troubleshooting testing and it was like a, a lot of unforeseen sort of, um, friction points that at many times in that process, I felt like, well, I, I overpromised, you know, I said this could be done. It doesn't seem obvious that it can be done. Uh, and it, it, cre it created an extra task in that I had to create clear documentation for all parties to understand what we were even doing. Because if you've never even used OBS, how can I make that clear to you why it's necessary that we have you logged into two different computers to do this, right? Um, so there was, there was the technical problem. There was the, uh, the training of people to actually perform the tasks. And then there was also a, a, a documentation problem in making it clear to participants who didn't need to be, uh, have any OBS knowledge, understand why we're even doing it this way and where to look and when for what, right? So. <laughs> so many variables. Yeah. And uh, like what starts out, this is, uh, we both are describing, I think a similar gotcha where you go, you go to work on your project yeah. and it starts out as I'm going to now execute a plan. And that the idea is it's all, it's all laid out. It requires the applied. Um, it just requires the applica application of my capacity, my skills and, and, and time and attention, all that stuff. All right. Uh, collective will. Yeah. It's all in harmony. We're, let's go. And then, um, it's actually an, uh, it's, it's investigating and inventing, right? Those like, so do, building something that you're, you have established and practiced is way different than building something you haven't built before. And yep. that uh, inherently is full of tricks and traps and you will find them. And that's a skill too, to say, I am here to find and uncover the tricks and traps, solve enough of them to, to make an informed choice. Like, can I, you know, can this be done given the resources and time and all that? And like, so that's a combination of, of um, getting into a specific kind of learning mode while, but, a, a, but driven by 
well, in a way, applied research where you, you're, you're trying to say, what's the important question right now? How can I figure out ways to answer it? And then when I have a, have a good enough um, insight, what I need to continue to act on that and then keep feeding the machine of that applied research until it gets to that conclusion based on my resources of, you know, time, et cetera. Um, and yeah, that's, so it's, it's, a, it's different to build something you built before versus build something you haven't. Yeah. And, and whether that's known ahead of time, like, oh, I know we haven't done this and let's go discover. Or if it's surprise, here's yes. a new problem. It this was, was hidden. Yes. It was hidden in that <laughs> the one question I didn't ask myself was, can you have two instances of Zoom open on the same machine? So like I, mm. for some reason I had it in my head, well, of course you can. And then the moment I thought about it, I was like, no, of course you can't. That's not the way cameras are allocated on these computers. They don't work that way. Uh, so the, the ones that gotcha hit, I was like, ah, totally missed it. Blind spot. My bad. We'll fix it. But it started with me going like, I have experience doing this with the Lena Tart cast and other projects. I know it can be done. Let's apply it. Oh, found these hidden variables that I didn't anticipate. Okay. How do we solve this quickly? Because we've got a month. <laughs> gotcha. That month is going to be consumed by this 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 problem, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, oh, which yeah has other effects then too. So like those when that came up, like for me, I had to just reschedule the, all the stuff I had going on. Yep. Uh, for many weeks. Yep. And yeah, what's uh, what Same. about? Not all, like some projects still fit in along the way, like lean into art and whatnot, but like you know, other that's things. True. Like that's true. That's true. Like it's so a hierarchy had to form quickly of like, okay, what commitments have I made that I am very reluctant to break? Right. So like things like lean into art, um, things like the 4 million years later podcast commitments I made with other people who are my friends and I want to ship things with them regularly. Right. Although if I'm not mistaken, there were a couple of rebroadcasts that we did during that time period where I was like, look, Rob, I'm just... I'm spent. I'm at capacity. I can't. Can we do a rebroadcast, please? You know, um, I'm, I'm sure that happened in that time. I don't remember perfectly, but I'm sure it did. Uh, but I know that I had to say no to some incoming gigs. Like there were some teaching jobs that came in during that time where I was like, I can't. Sorry. No, come back. Ask me again in December. Uh, I remember saying that to a number of people like I can't do anything until December now. Um, so opportunities that came up had to be you know pushed aside as well and then yeah drawing pff, i hardly did any drawing during that period because all that had to get rescheduled out like okay i'll i guess i'll be drawing again in mid-october you know so that happens when that kind of gotcha moment comes up in a project um and that was one where i didn't have the leverage to say okay i'm going to whittle at this one this one had like a really we want to talk about an earthbending deadline you know this was something where we there was a big commitment to have something by this date. Okay, we're going to do it. Um, mm -hmm. Can't push it back. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah. Uh, well, so adaptation. Yes, absolutely. What do you, what do you think where I think we probably, and I bet all the leaners listening to this, you can probably look back, reflect on your projects and say where you know, where some of, some of those surprises happened and like, how do you adapt and how, how deeply does it affect your current project? Does it change maybe the, um, like the nature, like the nature or, um, features or 
some of the commitments around that project or does it affect others? Does, does it affect both? And I think that's, you know, there's a lot that can happen in, in the realities of, of trying to get things done because, you know, we, we, don't, we don't know everything. And I, I mean, I've, I've worked in environments that people will know a lot and we can dedicate lots of resources to who are, have all kinds of skills in de, like a, looking at financial risk and looking at the market and looking at, um, uh, you know, analyzing issues from, from competitors and getting the, you know, signals from, you can do all kinds of things and really have a strong idea uh, pretty confident about something that's worth doing and generally how it could, will go. But like when it, when you really go ahead and do the thing, likely stuff will pop up. It's especially if it's something you haven't done exactly in that way before. Um, so that's, I think that's, it's reasonable. And, and, and I think it's worth saying, ah, all this, what this does is it, it, it's, it's about, um, well, for me, it's about trying to practice well, how often is it worth doing the planning and the strategy and the, you know, like the, the manage, managing my, my time check-in type stuff. And uh, as opposed to saying, eh, I guess it's not worth doing. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on that too, because I know we, we do have a two minute practice to talk about as well. No, I, I think I feel like we walked around it, and maybe maybe we can conclude with a final thought on this after uh, two minute practice. But yeah, I think I think uh, I, I feel like that was it was that was a healthy discussion on this topic of like trying to concretize our thinking and our goal planning, but then have that concretized thinking engage with the ambiguity of reality, messy reality. So. <laughs> Uh, so take a break and then come back and do a two minute practice. Sounds great. Let's do that. Okay. So in about a minute and a half to two minutes, we'll come back and check in on what we did with our two minute practice this last two weeks. And then we'll conclude with the final thought for the episode. Before we do that, we got to thank some other people who make this show possible. And those people are us. We make this show possible. We work hard on all sorts of different things and then bring all that thinking into this project we call Lena to Art. And the thing that I make that I hope you will check out is... My, uh, is it a graphic novella? I don't know. It's a 92-page comic book called Boulder Fleet Mining for Trouble. And it's my animal adventurers engaged in a conflict with these weird uh, mineral kids who eat precious metals. And they take over a mine so that they can like have all the precious metals for themselves. And, you know, the conflict ensues and uh, these two heroes, Boulder and Fleet, have different approaches to adventuring where Fleet thinks it's about conquering one's foes, but Boulder thinks it's about establishing relationships. But somehow or other, they have a friendship based on this, this conflict of interests and they uh, come to some kind of agreement over the course of their stories. You can find it at books.jadros.com. It's, uh, you know, meant for middle grade age students. Uh, full color adventure and uh, you know print on demand edition is $16 where you can get a digital download for 99 cents books.jdrost.com Rob are you ready to talk about what you got I am ready I'm just writing myself a note to uh, pick up a copy of <laughs> mining for trouble so uh, 
yeah, I've, I, I have a, you know, I've got a workshop I want to draw your attention to. You can learn about it going to, you know, go to robstenzinger.com, click on the store link. You'll see the, all the kind of stuff I provide. Right now, all my workshops that, um, well, that are listed here, they're on Skillshare. So if you're a Skillshare member, go check them out. It's like, you know, your Netflix of, of learning and it's covered. I've, I've got a, um, an, a variety of topics that I have, but um, it, you know, Right now, if you go to Gumroad, like you're just like, yeah, you know, Skillshare is cool, but like, I would like to own a copy of this and, and you know, be able to, I don't know, watch it uh, differently, more flexibly, what have you. So, well, you can go to um, use the use the Gumroad link um, from my store, or you can go to a link we'll have in the show notes. But I'm, things are on sale. So drawing user journey maps normally twenty six bucks is only five dollars and twenty cents right now. It's uh, it's a special holiday sale, ending soon, and uh, you can uh, you know dig in the, into this whole topic about well how can you bring in a variety of perspectives to you know get. Uh, like a, a really good understanding from from like what's it like for the people you serve in your audience to 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 use this thing you provide right and then look at it from other uh, other angles like uh, maybe maybe merchandising and marketing or um, engineering art um, art or communications and all of a sudden you have this layer over time of of different perspectives and now you can say oh here's some really good things to work on next with this with this project because we thought about it more systemically over time and that's what drawing user journey maps can can help you do and it, it's never been available for a better price so you can get your own copy for five dollars and twenty cents um, normally 26 bucks there it's, you go that's a so bargain at to, twice the uh, price remember all right so it is so yes, it's a good deal. On my store page, I remind you, you could how do you get that discount? You need to use the, the offer code Rob said 80. And um if you yeah, so when you're checking out, just be sure to use that that discount code, Rob said 80. All one word there. All right. That's that's what I have for you to share. And and you know, at that price you can get one for a friend. It should also be good. Uh, so, okay, the last thing we hope you'll check out is the Lean Into Art Discord. Yes, we have a forum, a place where you can hang out with fellow leaners in a time-shifted capacity, talk, comment on past episodes, suggest future episode topics, then also share some of your two-minute practices, and if you do support us on Patreon, you get access to three special channels that are only available to Patreon users, uh, Patreon supporters, I should say, and the uh, invite link will be in the show notes for this episode and every episode. I will say I, I really am enjoying Discord a lot as a, uh, a feeling like a more personal and private kind of social media. I know some people use social media where they have a lot of private accounts. I don't have many private accounts. I usually just use my public ones. And sometimes the, the social media can feel like a lot. And it's nice to have something that feels more like old forums from the early 2000s, like something that's a little bit more personal and a little bit less um, public. So once again, the invite link will be in the show notes. Please join us there at the Lean Into Art Discord. Thanks to everybody who's been interacting with us there. It's been fun to get to know more of you. Okay. Two-minute practice. Hi, Rob. Oh, it's two-minute practice time. <laughs> How you doing, Jersey? Doing okay. It sounds like we got a lot of latency with today's recording, so this will be interesting to try to navigate this together and to see how, like how we uh, the pauses. You can interpret them if you're listening. That's just being thoughtful. We're just we're just really ruminating on the idea before we respond.
Yeah, it's uh, the the quirks of podcasting and all kinds of things. I mean, a lot of a lot of times I would be recording, and uh, like this time of time of day, well, all, everyone would be out and about at in their different places of school and work. But right now, all the resources of the home are used all the time. So anyway, who knows if that's contributing to the delay? Um, but uh, well, well, I think we can manage. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we can. So, uh, what you will you please remind us of what our practice was this last two weeks? Well, it was one of those uh, take a look back at your day. How is it going so far? But instead of doing some kind of visual representation, put that in, through an instrument. Like pick up an instrument and make some noise based on like a like an audio data expression of how your day has gone so how did it go for you <laughs> it i i had a lot of fun and it was just um it's i love i love making music and i it, it kept tempting me to do more robust things and try to uh like how could I do this kind of noise-making practice uh, with some conveniences that I like a lot? Like when I play music, I like to have some kind of rhythm track. Um, I don't mind a click track. So just to sort of have, um, you know, some sort of beats per minute to, to give me a, a heartbeat to stay in rhythm with whatever I'm doing. I don't have to have that when I'm just playing but I do like it a lot and vastly prefer it. And what I even, so what I like even the most is a little bit of a expressive drum track. So I played around with that a little bit, but um, I, and I can, I can delve deeper or we, you can give me, okay. Um, Well, so how, what that ended up looking like, um, I tried to see if I could just quickly make a like a like a drum track version of the the um, the facilitation two minute uh, file that I tend to use. Uh, I, I mentioned um, in the last lean into art that I I have a uh, or, or recently I don't know I might mention on two minute practice anyway it's I have it as a as a hey Siri action now so I can say hey Siri two minute practice and all of a sudden it's it it's me. In a, in, a, in a short facilitation thing where it says, all right, two minute practice is about to begin. And, you know, in all three, two, one, and then two minutes starts. And, but it has music in it, subtle. I don't want any music. I want just drums. <laughs> so I, I, I poked at that and said, no, set it down. Just do the two minute practice. Don't worry about it. So I'm just sharing what it made me think of doing. So instead, what I did was I picked up my guitar and I just stood on the drum pedals, or I'd sit in my drum throne and I would, I would either do single bass or double bass while I was playing guitar. And that was really fun. But then I didn't want to stop when two minutes was done. So all kinds of trouble there, but I did about, um, let's see, it was eight sessions, a couple at my synth keyboard. Um, Let's see where I write down my, oh yeah. So, uh, oh yeah. Th- uh, three at the keyboard, uh, three just playing drums and then a mix of drums and guitar for a couple. So I did a variety of sessions and every single one of them. Um, uh, it's, it's like, if I'm, if I pick up guitar, it's going to be me playing fast music 
almost always, uh, especially when it's, if it's an informal quick thing. So then it was like, you know, speed metal thrash, um, two minutes at a time. So uh, how did, how did your, uh, the quality of the day inform, like, did the, did the quality of the day inform instrument choice or if it didn't, how did it inform like tonal choice? So the quality of the day was a mild influence, but it also points out that in general, I probably should find an outlet to just scream into the void um, through any means necessary because I've got clearly that is inside me. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's part of the love of metal and fast music and stuff, but no, there's specific yeah. like, you know, uh, just let it out kinds of things, which, which is, so I misuse the practice in some ways, except when I would go to the keyboard and then it was more mellow and it was mm. like, Oh, moody. And like, Oh, here's a little repeating, you know, there's a chord and, and a little um, melody on top um, hitting a different mood. And that's where it was like, you know, I, I had a, so a couple bittersweet uh, practices on, on the, on the keyboard I, I, the drums, when I only play the drums had variety a little bit where it was like, um, you know, this is kind of a complicated day. And, but if I, if, but if I picked up guitar also, it's like, just, that's it. Let it out. Like, I don't care how the day was just like, like so, care bear shout with this guitar as hard as you can. Hmm. I, I wonder, and maybe I'm misreading this, but it sounds more like with guitar, uh, it became less specific and more general uh, overview of uh, of how everything's oh, feeling, and then at the other instruments, it got a little bit more specific to that day. Very much so. I think guitar just sort of skipped the day and just went straight to the soul. <laughs> I'm so glad that we did this practice together because I think this is going to be really um, a, a great way to illustrate how different skill levels can interact with these practices because I am... Definitely, if there was a skill spectrum, and Rob is pretty high up, um, or maybe maybe very blue shifted, if you want to use that, I'm very red shifted. Um, I'm on the opposite end where my skill level is not compatible with my um, interpretation of um, uh, my assessment of how the day went. So I, I came to the piano with an intention of okay, this day, I would say, is something along the lines of this kind of melody in my head. And I, and this is an instance where I was really grateful for the whole two minutes, because like normally it'd be like, oh, I could just jot out like a ding, 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 then I'm done, you know? And like, oh, I don't need the whole two minutes. But this time I was grateful for the two minutes, because I'm like, it, a lot of it was me trying to find a way to express the idea without the skills and knowledge of how to make music. Um, and I don't want to say that I had a negative experience because of that. Uh, it's just that... I felt like the practice became more about me trying to level up skill in the moment to reach what I was trying to reach and having a really clear picture in my head of like, this is what I'm trying to reach. I don't know how to make that with this. Uh, and then, you know, like really like, and pointing out like, well, you know, the black keys are, you know, the sharps and, and, uh, they'll, they'll get you like a different kind of tonality if you want to play around with like getting something that's a little bit more cacophonous. Well, cacophony I can do. If I just want to say chaos, I go bang, 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 bang on all the keys. But this is something a little bit more subtle than that. I'm looking for something that has like a little bit of like 
general anticipation with a little bit of dread, you know, um, that's different. And so uh, the, the two minutes felt less spacious and it was a good thing. It felt like this was like, it was, it was really, I was grateful for the time, but I was also grateful for when it ended because it felt like, okay, I did all I can do right now. And we're, we're verging on frustration if I try to do this any longer than two minutes. But two minutes felt like it was me showing up to do at least a little bit of practice at this thing, if that makes sense. It, it really does. Um, this is, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, music theory isn't my strong suit. Uh, but a lot of what you're, you're pointing at is, um, so the feelings about of, among notes, it's, it's, I mean, it's a little bit like color theory. It's about... Um, the relationship of the tones to one another in their group, because you could use a lot of, um, you know, you could have sharps and flats, but they're, but the relative spacing of the other notes that you're putting adjacent to them in time is going to, it still could sound happy or what have you. So it's, it's where the notes relate to one another. So that is an interesting thing to encounter and try to explore. And I, I, I enjoy that. I, I have, um, yeah, such a hodgepodge of my background with, per, you know, performance and stuff, practice, skill level with different instruments and music theory, as far as connecting it all with some kind of intentionality that others can enjoy as well. Cause you could, you could go to the piano and, and get all performance art about it and be like, this key is happy. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, yeah. key is mad. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and and just just do that. It's okay. Um, but then you know, yeah, pointing to the to the that you know, it's weird how you can soak in a system of music and absorb rules or like uh, absorb rules um, implicitly with you know consuming art and and, mm -hmm. and uh, visual art in a variety of forms. It it affects you and the rules are working on you, but then to actually just reach out and quickly grab them, that's, that's a whole different thing. And, and to put them into your, put your own messages intentionally into those same rules. Yeah. 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 I guess if, if I were to like, if, if teacher Jersey would have been there, he would have said, well, don't think about all the complexity, pick one moment, pick one moment and just try to tell something simple. And I didn't have that presence of mind in the moment. And that's, and, and okay, so this is another thing we're modeling that I'm grateful for is this reflection period that we have when we talk about our experience doing it yields results in how to better approach practice in the future. Next time, if when I encounter these like little hiccups, I'm going to remind myself, okay, what would teacher Jersey say to his student in this moment? All right, well, instead of trying to uh, classify or uh, quantify the entire day, what was three o'clock like, right? Tell me, tell me three o'clock in three notes. And that would have made it more accessible. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty great idea. <laughs> Did I steal so, our next practice? Maybe it's, it's, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it has similar pressures. So, uh, but you know, potentially a future practice or what have you, but I mean, I'm, I'm always open to the making noise. It's just for me when I, you know, it's like, uh, stopping by the music store and, you know, only wanting to, only intending to be there for a short while and being like, well, maybe I'll try to see what this other guitar sounds like. What, what is this, you know, amp sound? And all of a sudden, you know, a couple hours have passed. 
I haven't gone that off the, the deep end with my two minute practice budget, but the music topic really uh, puts pressure on maintaining that you know, brevity mm. for me. Yeah. So, um, what, so, so we did, we did some unpacking of that past one. Any other thoughts on that before we do some thinking about what we might practice next? No, I'm, I, I, overall, I was glad I did it. And it helped me like, again, reconnect with beginner's mind in a, a very, I think, uh, emo emotionally inexpensive way. Um, so thanks for that one. So yeah. What do you want to do next? Ah, that was good. So I was wondering if it's been a while since we've done a writing one, right. It would be worth doing kind of a, a, a fresh brainstorming Mm. Uh, practice mm. and just and or whatever I say right now it pro it, it could be coming out as as uh, it, you know inspiring you to say that sounds like the worst thing ever but now I have another idea right that's cool too okay so uh, so <laughs> what if it was uh, a brainstorm of encouraging things that you think would be good to say or hear right just a mm. brainstorm of encouragement Oh yeah. So brainstorm of encouragement. Uh, um, yeah. 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 I, I think that sounds like fun. Um, and brainstorm really emphasizing this idea of working, working from the hip, not trying to come in here with your ego and intellect and try to create the most pithy and succinct, uh, live, laugh, love kind of motivational poster in the entire world. Really just like anything that you think of with encouragement. Because encouragement to me can sometimes have very dark language too. And it's fun to get in touch with that part of myself sometimes in a very safe way. Um, you know, mm -hmm. darkness in the terms of, you know, like the mystery is this gigantic maw with like smashing down on itself and, and, and you seeing the skulls and the bodies and all this mess that goes into like this, this tragedy of existence. And you get to see that you get to be part of that mess, right? Like what, what a wonder that can be sometimes. And like, when you say that out loud, it can sound really upsetting and grim, but I'm, I'm actually like quoting the Bhagavad Gita when I talk about this. Um, but like, that can also be like really inspiring too. Like, like the, the word, awful you know we think the word awe full of awe and like sublime sublime can mean like the the beauty of something that's truly like like terrifying you know like that can be part of that kind of brainstorming process for me too you know and so like not just like you could do it champ <laughs> that's part of it too but it's like it could be a lot of things and i, and I like like it, this is reminding me of a, a a brainstorming comics exercise I used to do like a decade ago called the twelve twelve project, where my wife and I would just take random headlines and random objects. And we'd have to make a six panel comic strip out of it in two hours, and I wound up writing some really weird things that I never would have thought that were in me. So that I for myself, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to get in touch with that subconscious part of me, that part of me that dreams, and see what's in there. That is so much better than, because uh, I was like, at, like, way to go, champ. That's where I was, <laughs> and I like where you brought it to. Uh, you brought it to like poetry uh, through critique, and yeah. it's like observing with um, like openness and presence, and trying to find the you know find those uh, 
uh, find some kind of expressive words, but uh, then it, so so the it's almost like the encouragement. I don't know if that's I don't that that really captures it, right? So if I we put that in in the podcast, you know, you know headline is like this is the next thing that we're working on. Uh, like I would I would describe what you described as. Uh, gathering observations of the yeah, I don't I, it's, I don't have it uh, like uh, strong and brief so right I, I guess is there I, somewhere where you would evolve that encouragement brainstorm the, the, I would say encouragement more, yeah. and pointing to what is exciting about existing like the excitement of existence right which is a kind of encouragement that that fires me mm. up right because okay, encouragement isn't a... isn't always just about believing in myself to win at a thing or believing in myself to accomplish something. Encouragement can also be like, what an exciting game we get to play, whether or not it turns out the way I hoped it would, right? That's another kind of encouragement that I like. All right. So the excitement of, of existence, <laughs> encouragement brainstorm. There we go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rob. I felt like I just like threw a bunch of driftwood at you and said, make a house. <laughs> uh, no, what, what happened was I, 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 this is something we do, uh, we do for each other, but like I, I had a, I had a rough thought that barely made sense and you heard poetry and said a lot of great things, which I appreciate. So thank All you, right. Jersey. Well, thank you, Rob. Okay, uh, there was a two-minute practice, everybody. So you got two weeks to write your poetic thinking or take it wherever you want to go with it. Um, and let's close out this episode with... Um, you had a lovely suggestion of how to like wrap up all this thinking about tactics and strategy and accepting when you walk into the room with a plan and then the world says, nuh-uh. Um, so what, what do, how, how do you want to wrap this mm. one up? Uh, okay. Um, I, I like to do perspective taking. I like to be, um, open to my whole way of looking at the world and also understanding of how others look at the world as well. So I encounter the, you know, this kind of thing in topics of when people do goal planning and try to, you know, find a way to, how do you channel your ambitions into the best Kamehameha wave to do whatever, and, or, or how do you feel like it's worth doing something when you when you when you are so incredibly stuck that movement seems impossible and somewhere in there it's like either approach is is not really being kind in my opinion and realistic so the the on one end being overly ambitious and then on the other side um you know if if it's if it's something that that you're able to to manage through you know you know, feeling healthy enough to, to try to do stuff, you know, assuming that is, is, uh, is in place for you, then um, how can you get up and engage with these, these things like saying, yeah, it's worth having the goals and all that kind of stuff. So how do, how can we, how can we be kind and realistic in our plans and knowing that it's worth having them even if they don't pan out? Yeah, exactly. Like we hope they would. Yeah. Um, um, do you have anything that you do that's a particularly uh, kind or 
readjusting to well, have a, a, a kinder effect on, on like living through that plan? I, I guess if I were to point to something, I would say to anybody who's listening to this and like thinking about this, this very question, like, well, yeah, how? Um, I am so grateful that I have peers and friends who really carefully listen to what I'm struggling with. And like, I know that, and I remember telling you this off mic, Rob, when I was going through that difficulty with all that stuff this last year, like festival development and figuring out how to make this technology work and not, and not really knowing, like really understanding that like this could implode, like that tension was there the entire time. And I was honest and for true sweating through my clothes all that weekend. Um, what one of the things that sustained me and helped me keep my perspective, even when it got really frustrating was, is I had people in my life that I could turn to and I could say, if it worked, it would have been great. Right. <laughs> and they could look me in the eye and say, yeah, it would have been awesome. You know, um, I think part for me, at least what makes those moments really lonely and difficult is a sense of, I see in my head what I want this thing to be and I'm not getting there. And if I just had one other person to see what I see and tell me that I'm not dumb or foolish or completely out of left field for seeing what I see, right? I just need that, that little bat. I just need that, that, that hand on the back, you know, someone putting like, like emotionally putting their hand on my back and saying like, yep, that would have been great. Or yep. That, that vision is a great vision. Um, that helps me have managed that anger and frustration a little bit more carefully, uh, a little bit more thoughtfully and gently. Um, finding a way to do that for myself would be probably even better, <laughs> but having, having friends who can do that, like was <laughs> incredibly valuable. Um, so I guess like that brain trust would be one of the ways to find that kindness. Um, I like that. Uh, the idea that even if you are working on something solo or you have a particular role or portion to contribute to a thing that it, it I mean, it still can be, yeah, it, it can be really difficult to, to bring about the things that you're trying to make. Um, and, and then things that you thought would be difficult, like the nature of the difficulty is it, it, it just, it can hit you from all kinds of different uh, areas that you may not be expecting. Um, you know, surprise issues with it, um, surprise issues with you know yourself. Like so, internally and externally, there, things pop up. So, like knowing that, like having a plan and it will be interrupted. And how do you feel and deal with that and navigate it? Um, the tough part for me is that I do have this dialogue with myself a lot. I am thankful for the, the, the friends help a lot and uh, that no doubt, but then, you know, I'm not always with friends. So how do I have this dialogue with myself to, to say either um, the list of things that you're, you're trying to make happen in the context and resources you have is, is inherently um, risky, and how are you going to 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 deal with that? Where being at peace with what, right? So how can I be at peace with the um, the 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 ambition um, of, of the amount of stuff to do, and how uh, you know 
some of them are things that you haven't done before and, and, you know, stuff that we described as risks, like how can, um, you know, how can I frame that? So like what I try to do is say, well, okay, it may be unrealistic to, um, like, let me get specific. Like I've been working, um, on the, like the totally new generation of guitar fretter for a few years now, um, in working with a, a platform that just really wasn't my cup of tea. And then I've been just adapting over time. And like, that's been this interesting thing where, where it's like, um, it seems so doable. I did my research and it's not panning out for, uh, so how do I feel about that? And it's not, it's often it's like not feeling great. And it's like that, like both, I'm both, I'm the person on the ground who doesn't feel like getting up. And I'm the person who is, um, ready to, you know, change the orbit of a planet and, um, and, and learning that, like that, but getting some kind of self-knowledge through the practice and saying, you know, aren't I a quirky bird and isn't that okay? So some of that is, is, is like being reasonable about how I want to see things and engage with them and say, eh, it's not going to pan out exactly. So make sure you, um, are trying to build off of that. Like maybe that's becoming wisdom to say, okay, so, so don't try to adjust this. So it's more possible. And along the way, be more, um, aware of it's, it's, uh, and less shocked when, when things aren't getting to where you wanted them to be. And so, so then you can just re-engage and keep refining this and keep at it. Right. So one thing I, that I say to myself is no matter what happens, it's all movement and I need to keep, keep moving. And it's when all this, all the stuff comes to a halt. If I can't, uh, if I, if I forget that. Yeah. So, because even, you know, that's, that's kind of a hodgepodge exploration, but even when somewhere in there's kindness and realistic for me. Well, and even when you hit your milestones, that's still movement happening and you're only on the milestone for so long before the next problem comes. So this is all that perspective I think comes with, with experience too. So yeah, knowing that, yeah, I think this is all movement feels very, very Buddhist and I, and I like it. So, <laughs> uh, it's, that's, that's probably a bit of it too. Yeah. Accepting the, um, accepting the change, but, and then continuing to engage in, in, in the movement, because, uh, as, as, as often as I find a barrier, I find a way through. So that like, I know that's, I just Pinterested you or, or I did an Instagram, uh, sentence, but like, it's, um, it, like having some kind of framing like that is helpful. Um, mm -hmm. so real yeah it's it's i don't have the um i i know like my plans help i know that working the plans help and but i, I know like i i can't be severe about it and um uh yeah keep on moving yeah i think that's great and i mean you can't make a pinterest or instagram uh post of a show that takes an hour and 45 minutes to fully express 
So <laughs> I would forgive yourself of that too. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you for this discussion, Rob. This was a good one. Uh, I'm glad we got to, to wrap, you know, close out with these, these tactical ex uh, explorations. Um, and we record the show Thursdays at noon. Uh, well, we stream them live at noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central. And we stream them virtually everywhere, you know, uh, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and then even our, our um, Discord channel or Discord server. And then we collect them as a podcast at patreon.com slash leanintoart and leanintoart.com. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger of leanintoart.com and Rob Stenzinger, places like Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanintoart. And you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.